What? Thou shalt determine where thy money is going. That means your money needs a money map. Need some GPS on your money. You should tell your money where it's going. Number two. Yeah, you have to determine what your total amount of debt is, and then you have to devise a plan to pay it back. The Bible says those that take money and don't give it back, he calls you wicked. Okay, we saw that in scripture. And so we don't want to be wicked. We want to make sure that uh, if we do borrow money, we have a plan to pay it back. Okay, and we don't base paying it back on future money. Because you might not get that future money. Okay, number three. Thou shalt not borrow against your future. You don't drive a car that millionaires don't even drive. You are borrowing against your future when you do that. Okay? Number four. Which was the most controversial, and I got more messages about that one right there than anybody. Then all these points, that's the one where everybody had an opinion. Well, Pastor, what about this? And well, Pastor, what about that? And well, Pastor, I said, listen, it is called debt-free living. I want to be clear. I did not say this is the Ten Commandments of build your credit. Did I ever say that was the title of it? I never said that. Debt-free living. So you're trying to get debt-free, have no debt. <laughs> you got to destroy all your credit cards. Main reason is because of the interest rates. Okay? So you're spending way more on something than it's really worth. Okay? Um, and number five was what? Thou shall sell non-essential items. I, Chantel, I ain't getting no message on that one. Ain't nobody say nothing about selling their purse. <laughs> to get them out of debt. Ain't nobody, nobody send me no message about that one. Okay, but thou shall sell non-essential items. All right? So on tonight, I got some questions for you. I want you to think about this. Now listen, let me say this. I love y'all, and I love you with the love of Jesus Christ. You know, <laughs> you know something bad coming after I say that, right? I love you with the love of Jesus Christ, but let me be clear. The microphone is not the moment for you getting the shine of how wonderful you are and how great your upbringing was. I want to be clear, because, uh, you know, sometimes y'all get the microphone, I'll be looking like, yo, mm, mm, mm. that ain't all the way true. So the microphone is to talk about real life and real issues so that we can deal with the real, all right? Look at your neighbor and say, let's be real. All right, so here's the question on tonight, and I want you to think about this. I'm going to ask this, and I need you to think about this, okay? What are some financial decisions that seem urgent but are not truly important? Yeah, we had to take that left turn because the way I was going to phrase it, you would have faked, faked the funk, not tonight. What, final what financial decisions that seemed urgent at the time, but was not truly important. Can anybody think of something? Get, go ahead and get to the microphone, all right? Praise the Lord. Yes, ma'am. Yes, JoJo. Decisions I have ever made. <laughs> That's when a good I could have just took it to the Nissan dealership, 
Yeah. They still had a woman to. Yeah. And it seemed urgent. It did. At the time. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Deacon Larry. Okay. Spending much, much more money. Mm -hmm. So, so can't change your business plan. I'm gonna call you back and look. You don't make the sales. The shop will fall. But guess what? You got the way in. Mm -hmm. Because what we're going up, our going to be paid like much sooner, and we're gonna have a lot to cash. Right. Okay. Okay. Y'all missing a good one. No, that was it. That was it. Anybody else? What financial decisions that seemed urgent at the time, but not, but were not truly important? Recently, I bought a USB cord to charge my phone with, mm -hmm. and uh, we was at uh, not Lowe's, um, your own furniture. Anyway, we was at like a furniture store mm -hmm. and bought a USB cord, and it was, you know, it's like a two dollar cord that I spent like seven bucks on. Mm -hmm. So small purchases like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> April. operating could you see everything on the phone yes and if that was the case that was not that important it seemed urgent in the moment but it wasn't that important got another question for you here's the second question what are some financial decisions that truly seem that truly seemed important but may not be urgent What are some financial decisions that are truly important but may not seem urgent? <laughs> I flipped the question, but it's a totally different meaning to the question. Okay. Said what 
what, what are some financial decisions that are truly important but may not seem urgent? April's coming back. Let's drop it one more time. In Jesus' name. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of Gavin up there. He said saving money. Saving money. What are some financial decisions that are truly important but may not seem urgent? Minister Wintel. Uh, building credit. Okay. Uh, getting a credit card. It seems important to get it because you're trying to build your credit, but it's not something that's urgent because you could do it another way by being more financially responsible with what you actually have, like you know, borrowing other people's money. Okay. Okay. So the distinction between the two, and I hope y'all are catching this, is that there's some things that seem urgent but are not truly important, and there's some things that are important but not truly urgent. Okay? This is hard for me. I'm going to be honest with you. This is hard for me. Let me tell you why. I'm talking about from church standpoint. There's certain things I want to do financially, or let me say it like this. There's certain things that I want to do in this church, with this church, different things that I felt on my uh, end is important and urgent. For me, everything is important and urgent. So when I want an $800 backdrop, I want it now. Because it's important and it's urgent. We didn't have these lights since uh, 1972, and I need some new lights. It is important and it's urgent. Question: Did the lights go out? Are they still working? So they must not be that urgent. They might be important to me, but it doesn't mean that it's urgent. Vice versa, there are some things that are urgent, but may not, may not be truly important. Okay? And you have to understand the difference between the two when you talk about your finances. Here's the last question that I have for you. What does tracking your money give you? Lift that up for me, please. Thank you. What does tracking your money give you? Okay.
she could be in debt. And when she went off on What does tracking your money give you? Anybody else? Minister. A realistic viewpoint on who you are. In what way? Because if, you tra if you're able to track your money, you can finally see what you've been spending it on and seeing really where your mind is at. Because where your heart is at, that's what you're going to spend your money on. So tracking your money finally gets you to see, yo, I really indulge in this, or I really like spending money in this. So I see. Gotcha. Okay. Who else? What does tracking your money? What does tracking your money give you? Uh, it makes me wiser in my decisions. Like, is it really important to spend money on this, knowing I need to spend money on that? Meaning, make sure, like the bills and bills, mortgages, anything like that, before mm -hmm. spending it on fifty percent sales and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like. So pretty much just being wise with what you do with your money and like Minister Winchell said, how you're spending it and where your mind is and where your heart is. Okay. Where you spend it. Gotcha. Monica? It helps me see what's important to me. Okay. Because what I spend my money on, basically, comes as important to me. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, just trying to be focused on what's being my Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So I want to give you this last part. going to be the next five, the last five, and um, I want to start from this standpoint. I want you to hear this. Going into debt is actually as addictive as drugs, alcohol, and is equally as dangerous. Okay. Let me be very clear. Um, and I'm only saying this because I know her well enough. When Beverly got up and started talking about what she was doing as far as Home Depot was concerned, that is different because she's putting an investment in her home that Beverly, if you know her well enough, she gonna flip that after a while. She owns properties with an S, okay? So she's on a, you get what I'm saying? That's another level that we, that we talking about, okay? Praise the Lord, all right? Um, <laughs> after church, touch her hand, amen. Same anointing on her, need to get on you, in Jesus' name, amen. Come to me, tell my pastor, I'm buying this property in Georgia, you see this? You should get you one. I'm like, mm-hmm. I ain't got your money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just playing. But listen, um, but going into debt is as is addictive as drugs and alcohol, and it's also equally as dangerous. Because I want you to hear this, and I want you to hear this well. Hear me and hear me good. I have lived this. I know this firsthand. A home full of debt is a home full of crisis. Hear me, a home full of debt is a home full of crisis. A home full of debt is almost like parents who don't get along because of infidelity. Hear me, the argument is almost the same. The distrust is almost the same. When you have a home full of debt, 
get ready for a home full of crisis. You will live in crisis. Okay? Get your Bibles. Let's go. Proverbs 22, verse number 7. Proverbs 22, verse number 7. Proverbs 22, verse number 7. Uh, keep your Bibles open to Proverbs because that's where we're going to be all night. Proverbs 22, verse number 7. telling y'all I've lived it. My parents, and I can say this because they don't mind me saying this, my parents um, taught me very well. I told them I'm not married because I saw what they went through and I don't want to deal with that. Um, and <laughs> was that too honest for y'all? I'm just being real. And um, when they first got married, because you know that's my, my dad is my stepdad, but that's my father. I consider him my dad. And um, when they first got married, honeymoon stage, in love. And neither one of them knew how to t manage money. And gave it a couple of years. And I would say after about 10 years, here come the major breakdown within their marriage to the point where years went by. I need y'all to hear me. Years went by. They didn't even like each other. Right. Slept in the same bed right next to each other every night. Couldn't stand each other. And it was not because of infidelity. It was not because of any of that. It was all traced back to money management issues. Let me tell you something. When you have money problems, it, ex it exasperates everything that goes on in that house. When you are struggling to take care of, and I need you to hear this, at that time, four children and two elderly parents all lived in the house together. Add that up. Excuse me, a three-bedroom condo. It exasperates everything. And a lot of times what we don't understand is we rush in to go down the aisle and get the ring on our finger and wear the, 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 the uh, what, what you call it, the veil over our face and, and don't even realize we are signing ourselves up for a lot of fights because neither one know how to manage any, any money. Okay? So we're going to talk about it. Proverbs 22, verse number 7. This is the NIV version. It's on the screen. The rich rule over the poor. The borrower is a slave to the lender. That means, hear this, until you are debt free, you are a slave no matter what color your skin is. Did y'all hear that? Bible says, ain't, this ain't Philip, the Bible. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to a lender. Let me, let me um, say this in the message Bible version. Listen to this. The poor are always ruled over by the rich, so don't borrow and put yourself under their power. Debt, ladies and gentlemen, is slavery. Debt means your future belongs to somebody else. Catch this. Your debt means your future belongs to somebody else. So money you haven't even made yet is already assigned to somebody. Do you see that? Money you gonna make in May 2020 is already assigned to somebody you owe. And the one who is owed, watch this, makes the decisions for your life. Because there's some stuff you want to do, you won't be able to do because you got to pay them back. So, here we go. Number six. <laughs> this is the hard one. Thou shall not continue to raise thy standard of living. 
thou shall not continue to raise thou standard of living. Here we go. Let's be, uh, no, I'm gonna let y'all write that. Let me slow down. I'm gonna let y'all write it because y'all writing. Because this one is a heavy one right here. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Let's be honest. If you make $5,000 a month and you get a raise to $10,000 a month, I guarantee you, watch this, listen to this, I guarantee you the first thing that hits your mind is how to get everything you already have but better. You miss what I just said to you. The first thing that's going to hit your mind, you get that little raise, is you're going to think about everything you already have but you want to get it better. So you already got a car, but now I got to get a better car. You already got somewhere to lay your head, but now I need something better. Okay. Better house. Better clothes. Better car. Mm-hmm. Pennies ain't good enough no more. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go to Nordstrom's. Mm-hmm. Saks Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. Now you want Givenchy and, and, and you know, I'm sorry, Givenchy for y'all. Okay, praise the Lord. You will go get all the things you've been hoping to get that you've been wishing to get. Now, you don't want to live in Arlington anymore. Now you got to move to Barton Park. Oh, it's going to get quiet right through here. Mm -hmm. You don't want to live in Bay Meadows no more. Now you have to live in Nocatee. Can't even spell Nocatee, but that's where you want to live. <laughs> and watch this, and you will go to Bartram and get the same size apartment that you already have, but the rent is twice as much because you want to live where it's happening. Mm-hmm. You want to live where it's up and coming. Let me give you a revelation. You ready for this? Buy where you, watch this, live where you can afford and drive to where it's up and coming. I love Avondale. I cannot afford Avondale prices. But you best believe when it's time to go to a restaurant, I am driving from Ocean Way all the way to Avondale, and I'm going to sit up there and put my little pinky out while I drink whatever I'm going to drink, but I'm going to live where I can afford Train's getting quiet now. You don't have to move to make you feel like you're a boss. Let me say that one more time. You don't have to move to make you feel like a boss. Carry your butt to Atlanta and see how that work out. Mm -hmm. Here's what I understand. Can I, let me just bless you real good. I can never understand for the life of me why people would leave one level to go somewhere where they think it's up and coming to live less than what you just left. That's foolishness. Y'all got quiet right there. Mm -hmm. There are two ways to get out of debt. You ready for this? Two ways. There's two ways. You want to get out of debt? Two ways. Make more money or have fewer expenses. Want me to say that one more time? <laughs> want to get out of debt? Make more money or have fewer expenses. Those are the two ways to get out of debt. Now, Here's a revelation. If you ain't making more money, 
then you're going to have to have fewer expenses. Mm -hmm. Here we go. I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, and it's going to be online, but it's all right. I ain't running for no political office because they're going to bring this back when, uh, what I'm getting ready to say. It amazes me that anybody but us will live five deep in a house and stack their dollars. But us, no. I got to have my own space and you be broke. So when I say have few expenses, I don't see how I can have, get you a roommate. Lost the church right there. Lost the church. It's all right. It's okay. It's cool. Breathe in, breathe out. It's all right. Mm -hmm. See how that work? And then we get mad when they come to our neighborhoods and they take them over and they own every business and we eating their juicy crab and we wearing their hair and we doing everything else. But guess what? They're going to live eight deep in a house for a season. And then after a while, they're going to set themselves up and get out there. Can I tell you something? I was having a conversation with my mom one day, and I said, uh, my brother graduated from college, got his degree, and still living in the house with my parents. And I, in my ignorance, told my mom, I said, why is he still in the house? He is grown. He is 23 years old. My mother said to me, honey, he has a plan. I said, what you mean? He is stocking his dollars because he said when he moves out, he's moving out into his paid-for-house. He's not moving into an apartment. He said, I refuse to move into an apartment, and he is stacking his dollars. I said, you know what? God bless you. Real good. I have nothing else to say. But leave it to us. We too, uh, so muchy-muchy, we can't do that. I want to walk around my house. Nick, put some clothes on and get you a roommate. Hmm. Because most people pray, hear this, Lord, give me more money. But no one stops and, and says, watch this, my design is messing up, messing up with my desires. Hear this, you desire a house, but your money is, is designed around depreciating assets. See how they don't go together? Your desire and your design are working against each other. And you make enough money to live where you want to live, but you don't make enough money to live where you want to live and keep all those habits. You can't move where you want to. Watch this. You can move where you want to, but you can't move and shop. You can't move and spend $200 a month on eating out. Come here, freedom. You can't move into the house you want and have weekend trips twice a month. Touch your neighbor, say it don't work like that. I was sitting at home today craving Chick-fil-A. It was calling my name. It was calling my name loudly. And I'm writing this, and I said, my design and my desires are messing with each other right now. Because I wanted some Chick-fil-A. Three-piece strip meal with a large Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. With an ice cream cup on the side. Y'all know about them ice cream cups. You don't know what I'm talking about right now. Anyway, let me keep on going. 
Watch this. So your design and your desires are in conflict with each other and you can't have what you desire because what you are designing your money around is always coming against your desire. Mm -hmm. What is killing us, hear this, what is killing us, I need you to hear this, what is killing us is something that we miss all the time. You know what it is? When it comes to our finances, a lack of creativity. You know what I discovered, Deacon Larry? When you ain't got no money, you get real creative. <laughs> when you got no money, you get real creative. Mm -hmm. You ever been making making a recipe and it's, it's something you in the recipe, but it was just it was just too much. You like I ain't finna pay all that money for that, and you find a substitute that'll go with it, and then you step back and say that was better the, the way I did it. Watch this. Watch this. What is messing with our money from us being debt free is the fact that we don't know how to be creative no more. Which tells me, hear me, which tells me it's not a lack of money, it's a lack of creativity that's going on. When you don't have money, you found all the free events in, in, the, in the city that you could go to. But now, you at every single concert, that's paid, you got to pay a concert. And when you go and you pay for that concert, then you got to get your new outfit, as she said. And then after you get your new outfit, you got to pay for parking when you get there. And then you know you got to go get something to eat afterwards, so that's another expense. And by the time you done paying for that concert that you say was in your budget, you have spent four times the price of the ticket to get in to what you wanted. Mm -hmm. When you don't have money, you get creative on how to stretch a meal. Touch your neighbor say, bring your creativity back. If you can bring your creativity back, you will watch your money last. Mm -hmm. Bring your creativity back. Watch this. I was raised in a generation of the floor model TV. Okay. And the floor model TV was that, t that big old TV, you know, back in the day, you know, back, back in the day, ain't nobody steal TVs because they was too heavy. <laughs> it was just too heavy. You ain't stealing no TV. It's too heavy. And back in the day, we had TVs that were so heavy, and they sat in the living room, and, and it was only one. You ain't had no TV in your bedroom. And you had to take turns watching that floor model. Watch this. And if you was like me, when that floor model went out, Remember they went and got another TV and sat it on top? But they put a little a sheet or something over it to make it look like it was a stand? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, watch this. And then if that TV started acting foolish, what did you do? You had to go get you a coat hanger. And you had to put it on the back with some foil. Y'all ain't old school like I am. And you had to keep moving it until you got a good reception. Watch this, because when you don't have the money, you get creative on how to do what you want to do. And the problem is, is that we have lost our creativity when it comes to our finances. Mm-hmm. You better get creative about that hair. See, I lost the whole church. See how I lost them again? See how I lost them again? Better get creative. Mm-hmm. You going natural? Mm-hmm. They don't even know. It's a financial decision. <laughs> Watch this. Most of us, most of us make uh, more money each year, but with a pay increase, we raise our standard of living. 
Spending all you make is dangerous no matter how much you make. Come on, let's go. Proverbs 21, verse number 20. Proverbs 21, verse number 20. Proverbs 21, verse number 20. We're going to stay in Proverbs tonight. Uh, Proverbs 21, verse number 20. I'm reading the King James Version. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it all. Everybody say spendeth. It's going to make sense in a minute. The Message Bible says it like this. Valuables are safe in a wise person's home, but fools put it all out for your yard sale. Let me bless you real good. Let me show you this. That word spendeth in, the, in, in that King James Version, it, it, that word literally means, I want you to hear this, to swallow up or destroy. If you, if you keep stripping the word back, you know what it gets to? It gets to this word called extortion. Extortion. When a person spends all they have, listen to this, in the kingdom economy, you are guilty of extortion. Guess, guess what? You are extorting yourself, though. Okay, here we go. Here we go. What does extortion mean? It means, hear this, you are reaping benefits from something that does not belong to you. You are reaping benefits from something that does not belong to you. And in the law, the law, extortion is punishable up to 20 years. If you extort a company or extort a person, it is punishable up to 20 years. Here we go. So the Bible says that when you spend money, a foolish man spendeth it up, spendeth everything that you have. When you do that, you are extortioning yourself. No wonder we feel bad when we spend money we don't have. We are guilty of extortion. Let's go deep. Have you ever spent money at a mall? or online, and you got it out the store, and you kept telling yourself, I should take this back. Because <laughs> you know what I discovered? What looks good in the store will look real bad at home. Because guilt has set in, and guilt changes perspective. Come on, how many of y'all have done that like me? Buying it up. I mean, you throwing it in the bag. And you swipe that little that, that card or your, your, your debit card, and you walking out and you got the bags. And you telling yourself, I should take all this back. Watch this. Because that is the feeling of extortion. You are extorting yourself. Watch this. You have just extorted yourself. So here's, here's what I want to tell you. This is what the Lord said to me, and so I'm going to say it to you. When you extort yourself and you, you catch it, watch this, you need to put yourself on a 20-day prison. In other words, you need to tell yourself, I will not spend any more, any more money for 20 days as a punishment for spending money I shouldn't have spent in the first place. I lost the church right there. Until you start punishing yourself for spending your future in your present, you will not change your behavior. And God cannot trust you with more when you can't even handle less. The Bible says if you be faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over what? Many. Show of hands. How many of us are guilty of, extort of extortion? 
Now, I'm going I'm to say something right here, and I say this in love, so don't, don't, don't get mad at me. But some of us have extorted to the place where we have robbed our future, but not only our future, we have extorted from our children. Because we spent money against their future. Yeah, I want you to feel bad. Yep. Most of us, watch this, most of us make enough money, but we're wearing it. We're driving it, or we're vacationing it. April, I love you, and I'm getting ready to say this, but I, I love you, all right? I ain't trying to stop your business. I love your business. Praise the Lord. April has a great photography business, and I ain't trying to stop your business, but I'm going to say something, and you ain't going to like what I got to say because it, it's not going to help you. Amen. You have no business doing a photo shoot on the beach and your rent is due. See how the church went quiet? Listen, I don't care. I'm going home. I'm good. But I want you to be free. You have no business in Jamaica, and you ain't Jamaican it. I am tired of the people of God being fraudulent on Instagram, trying to create a dynamic in a world that none of us are actually living. I would rather you be free and got some money in your pocket than you faking it for a whole bunch of people that don't like you anyway. I'd rather you be free. But Pastor, I deserve a vacation. No, you deserve to be free. You deserve to be free. Can I tell you something? Ain't nothing like sitting in your house and bills are paid. Y'all missed what I just said. Ain't nothing like it in the world. Ain't nothing like a peace of mind that the bills are paid. And even if I can't go out to eat with you, and even if I can't go to the mall, and even if I can't buy nothing right now, I'll sit in this cool AC air conditioned with all these bills paid, go in that refrigerator, eat what's in there, and be happy. Then to go on a trip and come back and, and have to catch hell because I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't go to Jamaica if you ain't Jamaican it. You ain't Jamaican it. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I want you to be free. I want you to be free. Watch this. Because half the time we go on, on these trips that we can't afford, it's because, watch this, you feel bound at home. You won't always have to escape your life if you can afford it. You miss what I just said right there. You will not always have to escape your life if you can afford it. Mm-hmm. Sitting up throwing goals, hashtag goals. I catch flights, not feelings. Boo, get your life together. Get it together. Get it together. Because you are trying to escape a life that is miserable. But if you can afford your life, you wouldn't have to escape it. Touch your neighbor and ask them, say, you all right? You all right? Yeah. 
Some of y'all, I done, I done took the whole Holy Ghost out you. You ain't got no Holy Ghost. The problem with most of us is not income. Hear me. The problem with most of us is not income, but desire. The problem with most of us is not income, but desire. We cannot overcome our taste so we never have abundance. I like the finer things in life. Can you afford it? And what is driving us, hear me, is our taste. That's what's driving us, is our taste. Don't take you to a little restaurant you ain't never been to before. And now you so muchy-muchy. Now you bougie. Because now you only eat this. I don't eat that. I had a, I had a friend um, at one point in my life. We were very good friends. And um, you, you know those people that you knew when? And then when life rolls on and situations start turning, all of a sudden they start changing a, a little bit, right? And I ain't going to stop you shining. You know, if the Lord elevates you and, you know, you're making more dollars, God bless you. I love it. Hallelujah. I ain't got to put out no money. Praise the Lord. I'm with you. But, but, but I, what, what bothered me was that you all of a sudden forgot where the Lord had brought you from. And so we had got in this conversation one time, and I said, well, let's go get something to eat. Well, I don't eat that no more. I said, why? Now, it wasn't because they vegan or vegetarian or any of that. I don't eat that no more. I said, oh, okay, so where you want to go? So we went to this place, <laughs> and, um, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I can be bougie with the best of them. Don't let the hood fool you. Oh, I know how to turn it on now. So we went to some place that was, you know, kind of elitish or whatever. And so we sit, <laughs> we're ordering, and um, he had got something. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I ordered something else. And it had, you know, Eggs Benedict on it. And so he was like, you eat that? I said, yeah, it was good. So he was like, well, so we sat down and we eat it. And I, you know, when you, when you cut in Eggs Benedict, it starts to run, okay? And so I'm sitting there. He said, you like that? I said, yes. The creaminess of it gives, you know, the buttery flavor to the bread <laughs> that is. Now, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Because you get what I'm saying, Erica? That creaminess, you know, it gives that buttery flavor to everything, you know, and it's a nice sauce that, that it creates, and you eat it with, the, you know, the holiday sauce. And it had, you know, some smoked salmon on it and everything. And so, you know, it was just wonderful. And so now he's looking at me like, how you know all that? Listen, just because I know how to go in the hood, and eat the best of the best in the hood when I know they got roach violations everywhere. Don't mean I don't know how to flip that other side as well. But here's the problem. If you flip sides and don't remember that there's another side, you will start to live your life fraudulently on stuff that you know you can't afford. I can't eat that every single day. Do you see the difference? So you're going to have to make sure that your tastes are not driving you into debt. Because sometimes our taste is driving us into debt. Trying to buy stuff we can't afford. This ain't the season for red bottoms for you. Hallelujah. I mean, you can't even get them on consignment. Second hand, that's just too much. 
I saw some shoes I wanted. Um, I can't even think of the name of them. And I looked them up, and I was like, oh, okay, I want these shoes. I saw somebody with them, and I looked, and I looked them up, and on the website, it was like $800, $900, something like that. I said, that's not God's will for my life. <laughs> and then I, um, I looked, and you know how they have these uh, secondhand apps that you can buy from other people? And I looked it up, and it was like four, $500. I said, that's still not God's will for my life, Ferragamos. So one day, you know, I will get me some Ferragamos when I can afford them. But I can't afford Ferragamos right now. So Aldo, here we go. Because that's on my level. Do you see that? Okay, watch this. Our taste is driving us. You can't have bad money and good taste. You just can't. Do what you can do now. Do what you can do on your level. Money, and here's the problem. The reason why we do it is because we believe that money brings satisfaction and significance. And you can have a lot of money and still not be significant or be satisfied. Okay? So what's number six? Read my number six back to me. You will not continue to raise your standard of living. Here's number seven. Write this down. Thou shall pray before you pay. Thou shall pray before you pay. It's going to be a real quick point. You get, you get it already. Do you pray, Lord, should I buy this house? Or do we say, give me this house and I'll give you the glory? Yeah. Sad mistake as a pastor that I made. Lord, fill up this church and I'll give you the glory. Now, what I'm trying to do if you don't listen very carefully to that statement, is I'm trying to manipulate God. If you do this, I'll do this. And so the question becomes, will you give me glory even if I don't give it to you? And that's half the reason why it's so hard to get us to give God glory and give God praise when praise and worship is going on. Because you want a contingency on your praise. You want to make sure that God give you what you want, and then I'll give him the worship and I'll give him the praise. But God is saying, can you worship me and I give you absolutely nothing? Can I still be God and can I still be good even if I don't come through the way that you want me to come through? Do you pray, Lord, should I have this car? Or do you figure out anything to, that you can do to make it happen? Mm -hmm. James, two, James 4, verse number 2. Go, to, go over to James uh, chapter 4, verse number 2. James chapter 4, verse number 2. James chapter 4, verse number 2. Everybody say debt-free. Debt -free. James chapter 4, verse number 2. You desire, but do not have. So you kill. You're killing yourself. You desire, I need y'all to hear this, but you do not have, so you kill. You are killing yourself. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Mm -hmm. You want the promotion, so you fall out with everybody on your job. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. You do not have because you do not ask God. You have not because you ask not. 
It's amazing how many things you don't have because you have, because you have not asked God for it. You don't even ask God for it. You just, in your mind, you say, I want this, and you go after it, but you never ask God. And you try to make a way. And if you ask God, watch this, the Bible says he will give you the desires of your heart. And you don't have to borrow to have it. You don't have to manipulate to have it. You don't have to scheme in order to have it. If you ask God, he said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Watch this. Maybe what you're asking for, you're not getting. Watch this. Because maybe you need to save up to get it or wait on your season to have it. Because everything you want ain't for the season you live in right now. Some of y'all, you're not ready for the season of marriage because you ain't mastered single. Your eye wander too much. You ain't ready. You ain't in the season. You ain't ready for a Mercedes Benz because you don't keep, keep the Hyundai clean right now. You're not ready. And you, you're praying for something out of season. And God is saying, I'm not going to release it to you, and I'm not giving it to you. So what ends up happening is you end up scheming or trying to figure out, or let me get a cosigner. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I wish I would sit up here and act like that ain't never been you in not one season of your life. Some of y'all are killing me right now. Don't, don't you sit up here, I will prophesy your whole life. We have been there before where we will manipulate and we will try to figure it out and we'll, we'll rob Peter to pay Paul in order to make it happen. Getting stuff you know you can't afford. Cable off every other month. Cell phone off. Because you done got something that you know you shouldn't have had in that season. That's why Paul Moore said, well, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Because I got to make sure you're in that season with me. Do y'all get that? All right. Uh, what's number six? Read my points back to me. Number seven. Here's number eight. Thou shalt buy with cash only. Thou shalt buy with cash only. When you're getting out of debt, you need to go on a cash system. Why do I say that? Here's statistics. Here's a statistic. When you use credit card to purchase, you spend on an average 35% more. If you put anything on your credit card to stay out of debt, pay the full balance at the end of the month so you don't carry any interest. That's what Beverly said. When she got up there and said that, I'm like, she all in my message tonight. You gonna buy it with credit card? Make sure you pay it at the end of the month. Watch this, by the end of the month, so that you don't carry any interest on it. So you bring the, the balance back to zero, which means if you can't pay it off by the end of the month, you don't need to buy it. Everybody kept writing me, talking about, well, what about a credit card? Well, there it is, right there. That's how you're supposed to use it. When you are trying to get out of debt, pay with cash. Why? Because it's hard to part with cash. I said, see, if you're old school like me, you remember when you're old school, you used to carry cash, you never wanted to break that 20. Don't give me no 100. I ain't breaking that 100. 
Watch this. Have you ever noticed how stingy, how stingy you are with money and how liberal you are with credit cards? Mm-hmm. Think of it like this. If they say we need a credit card to hold it, you give it. But if they say mail is $50 to hold it, you're like, hold on, wait a minute. What you say? I don't trust the mail. But if they ask for that credit card, you gave that thing quickly. See the difference? Because it is hard to give up that money. Cash. You need a cash-based system. If you spend cash, you will cut your spending by 33%. Because some stuff you ain't going to want to pay for no more. Mm -mm. What if you gave your budget of how much every month of how much you was going to eat out? And you put cash. You took the cash out. And when that cash gone, watch this. Even at, at a restaurant, when you pay cash, you are aware of how much you are spending. But there is no pain when you swipe a credit card. Let me prove it to you a different way. How many reoccurring payments are on your credit cards or on your bank account right now? And most of them you don't even know about. Gym membership, you ain't been yet. Hulu, you don't even watch it. How many reoccurring payments are on there? Why? Because you don't feel it. If I was to ask you right now, give me the number, how many reoccurring payments? I bet you many of you couldn't even tell me. You have no clue. But if it was in cash, I bet you were able to tell me down to the dollar. I knew I had a 20 somewhere. Where's that 20 at? Isn't that amazing how we look at that completely different? Because when you swipe that card, there's no pain. Watch this. I looked this up today. This thing blessed me. The word budget, it is a 15th century word. Oh, I looked it up. And the word budget literally means, watch this, it means bag to swell. Bag to swell. The word budget literally means bag to swell. That when you are on a budget, your bag will swell. When you are on a budget, your pockets will swell. When you have a budget, you tell your money where to go. When you are on a budget, you will tell it, 10% goes to God, 10% goes to my future, 10% goes to investment, and I live off the 70%. You missed what I just said, because some of y'all should have wrote that down. 10% goes to God, 10% goes to my future, 10% goes to investments, and I live off the 70%. You need to live off a of 70% and not 100% of your income in order to get out of debt. You ready for this? This bless me. Look this up. Economists say that you should spend anywhere from 30 to 40% of your income on housing. 30 to 40%. Economists say, let me blow your mind this time. Dave Ramsey says you want to get out of debt and keep your head above water, you should be paying, you should not be paying anything above one week's pay of housing, on housing. So take how much you make in one week, and that's how much you should be spending on housing. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here we, I, no, just the housing. Here's the problem. <laughs> Need y'all to stay with me. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. So when I tell you that, when you figure out that amount, then that shows some of y'all you are living above your means. 
you are living above your means because it should not take no more than one week of your income, one-fourth, 25% of your income to go on how much you pay on housing. Do y'all see that? Are y'all with me? Okay. That's the sad part. This is the reason why we're going into debt. Because we are spending money on stuff we cannot afford. You ain't the Jeffersons. You have not moved on up. You moved on up from where you was raised from. But you ain't moved on up that much. Because that bank account don't say that. Getting quiet right through here. Proverbs 13, verse number 8. Proverbs 13, verse number 8. Proverbs 13, verse number 8. Uh, NIV version says it like this. A person's riches may ransom their life, but the poor cannot respond to threatening rebukes. This thing messed me up. And I see this over and over the church. It is a poor mentality that will keep, that, that you will keep when you cannot receive uh, correction. Watch this. Your dollars is always, it will always match with your mentality. I know who you are based upon what you spend on. You cannot separate the two. Mm-hmm. Watch this. If you hear what I say and you don't soak it in, it's because you have a poverty mentality. I hate to bust your bubble. Can I even, let's put it in spiritual terms. If I preach it on Sunday and you don't soak it in and start working it out in your own life, the word of God is saying you will live poor in whatever area that is because you are threatened by rebuke and you refuse it. I ain't listening to that. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to live my best life. Well, you're going to live it broke. If you are going to be successful, and I want you to hear this, in any area of your life, hear, me, hear your pastor and hear me well, you have to be coachable, teachable, and trainable. And the problem with so many of us in the body of Christ is can't nobody tell us absolutely nothing. So we go nowhere. We have no significance because we're not trainable, we're not coachable, and we show sure ain't teachable. Mm -hmm. And I said this on, on social media. I ain't getting many likes for it. I got it. It's cool. Don't threaten me. You know you have a poverty mentality when your bar at home is more valuable than your bank account. You know how much them bottles of Ciroc cost? I mean, not you, but your neighbor. <laughs> Come on, you gray goose drinking you. Your bar at home, some of y'all, some of y'all, not you, but your neighbor. That person that's in that seat. That bar is more valuable than what's in your bank account. What an indictment on us. Catch this. 
You ready? Ready? Not for everybody, but whatever your vice is. How much money this year went to that versus went to your future? I couldn't even smoke in this day and time. It is too expensive. Come on, figure out what your vice is. And before you get on your high horse, some of your vice is eating out. It is food. Think about how much money this year has been spent on that alone and not on your future. Your diet would be so successful if you started saving. You lose so much weight if you just saved. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Number nine, thou shalt get control of thy spending. Thou shalt get control of thy spending. You got to get control of it. Dave said this, and he was in my message too. How many things have we bought that was not planned, but it was on sale? Here come the good revelation. Here, I mean, good revelation, deep revelation. 50% off is still 100% of your money. Now may the Lord watch between me and thee while we absent. You missed what I just said. 50% off is still 100% of your money. It wasn't 50% of your money. And we be rejoicing. Look how the Lord blessed me. I went in here and got all this on sale. It was still 100% of your money. Just because it was on sale does not mean you need to throw off your budget. Have you noticed how ads are popping up when you are online? Have you seen the algorithms, how they follow you now? And you be on a website that has nothing to do with whatever that item is, and then all of a sudden, your shoes pop up. And then you got the nerve to say, look at God. <laughs> Touch your neighbor say, that's not God. <laughs> look at him again and say, that's Google. <laughs> you got the wrong G. <laughs> let, me make, let, me, let me be more practical. I need you to hear this. If you are married, a budget has to be bipartisan. It means that both of you have to decide on it. If a relationship is separate, it means money will be separate also. The Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you can't combine your treasures, how will you be able to com combine your hearts? Here's the power. Married people, you can do more with two incomes. The Bible says... The Bible says, a house divided will fall. You got to bring it together. Let your money work together for your good. Okay? Single people, when you're dating someone, you need to find out how they spend their money. Why am I saying that? Because it's going to come back to you later. That issue is going to come back up. Be clear. Hear me, single people. Be clear on your priorities. 
Be clear on where they are and see if your priorities line up with that person. Get over they cute. Because cute and broke ain't cute for long. That was a revelation right there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It will wear you real thin after a while. You need to be clear about what your priorities are. Hear me. So, and, 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 and I know I'm going to go left right here, but you need to hear what I'm saying. You need to ask the question, do you tithe? Why? Because 10% of your check is going to the Lord. And if we're going to be arguing over what I give to the Lord every single week, then we need to pump the brakes right now. Because I'm not going to have this conversation every time I go to pay my tithes. See, but this is not the conversation y'all have. Mm-mm. You got to have a conversation. And stop waiting so long to have that conversation. Oh, see, this is what you don't like. You ready for this? Be on the date and ask them, what's your credit score? I'm going to run them away. Good! Because you be the fool sitting up there get, trying to get them out of debt. Tell me what you want to be in love. All right. What was that thing? Love don't cost a thing? Yes, it do. It's going to cost you everything. I told you last week. That's why, men, before you get married and you about to buy an engagement ring, you need to see how much debt she in. Because I'd rather buy you out of debt than give you an expensive ring. You get a big ring later. But when we enter into this marriage, let's be debt free. I done lost my church again, Lord. Ask them what their credit score is. I ain't say you got to do it on the first date, but about the second one. You better ask. That's so intrusive, but you'll sleep with them. Come here. You will sleep with them, but you will never ask them their credit score. You the fool. You are the fool. You will sleep with them and never ask them their credit score. You the fool. I'm going home. I don't care about it. Listen. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You've got to get control of your spending because if you don't get a control of, of your spending, you will never be able to get out of debt. Read me my points back to me. Number six is what? Number seven? Number eight? Number nine? Number 10, thou shalt give 10% back to God. Thou shalt give 10% back to God. Giving 10% back to God is called what? Tithing. tithing. And tithing works. The 10% that I have given to God has given more than the 90%, 90% that I've given to everything else. See, some of y'all, you will never get this principle because you are so stuck in this thing where, well, I'm giving this 10% and I don't, you know, and I, I need this 10%. I got to hold on to it. And what you don't realize is there are benefits that are waiting on you if you would just release it to God. You will live in a zone that, called the unexplainable. There will be stuff that God will hook you up with that you can't even understand. There's a level of favor that you will walk in that is attached to that 10%. I'm trying to tell you, 
There was a season that um, um, that uh, me and Minister Winchell, we would go out all the time, and he would see over and over and over and over again how God would just favor me, and I would get free meals left and right. Just just crazy stuff. Just crazy. I went to Copeland's one time, and I had got something to eat, and I ate, it was some fish, and I had ate majority of the fish, and all of a sudden it dawned on me, I looked down, and you know the receipt that prints out in the back that tell you what, what the meal is? It was sitting up, up under the fish. Now, it didn't bother me, because I'm like, it's just a piece of paper. What a big deal. Whatever. It, you know, I know some of the, y'all, but listen, that ain't bother me. And I'm sitting up there, and I saw the piece of paper, and I said, oh, Lord, they left the paper in here. And I kept on eating. And so, <laughs> didn't bother me. And then the waiter comes, and the waiter saw it. I didn't even see it. I mean, I saw it, but the waiter, waiter saw it. I didn't even tell him about it. He said, was that there? I said, yeah, it was up under the fish. Oh, my God. Oh, that, I'm so sorry. We're going to comp, comp you the whole table. Thank you very much. Because, mm-hmm. listen, let me tell you something. When you get hooked up with a tither, there's an overflow that will happen if you're just around them. I wish y'all would get that. See, and if tithing works, y'all. I'm trying to get y'all to see this. Tithing works that if you give to God, here's the problem with coming out of debt. You totally equate God out of the picture. You no longer make him a part of the process. And God is saying, if you just tithe, I'll speed some stuff up. I'll start hooking you up in different spots in different places where it'll get you out of debt a whole lot quicker. But you got to tithe. You got to tithe. I'm not a big money preacher. I don't bring prophets in here to lie to y'all and get you to give, give you a rent money, and I don't do that. Um, but I do believe in the principles of God, and one of the principles that does work is tithing. All his principles work, but the principle that we are talking about is tithing, and tithing cannot be an option. It cannot be an option. It's not only when you have something left over. If you give it to him when it's left over, it's no longer the tithe. The tithe means you give it to him first. It means he comes first. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. you got to give it to him first, off the top, and watch God do some amazing things in your life. There are people in this room that will tell you that when you tithe, it's scary at first. It is a complete adjustment to everything that you do. But what ends up happening is that after a while, you're like, wait, I can't afford not to tithe. Because it seems like when I don't, everything fall out. But when you tithe, God will hold that car together until you can get another one. I'm trying to tell you. It's, on, it's running hot every other day. You driving fast just for it to cool down. Don't judge my life. I've been there. I mean driving fast to make it cool down. Just to make sure that thing come back down. Because I couldn't afford to get it, uh, get it fixed. But you have to make sure that when you tithe, you are trusting God. Stop putting God out the process and let God bless what you are doing. All right? Those are the Ten Commandments to debt-free living. Those are the Ten Commandments to debt-free living. Were you blessed by this? I hope this blessed you. Why did I teach this? I'm very selfish. I'm, I ain't going to lie. I taught it because I wanted to make sure that where our church and our ministry is going.